Thanks for tuning into the weekly this Friday, the 13th of November. I'm Jessica Ramirez, market analyst with Bell Direct. Well, Aussie equities bounded ahead for the second straight week, up 3.7% Monday to Thursday. And coming into Thursday, the ASX 200 was on a five-day winning streak. And this rally pushed the market to its highest point in about nine months. The extra confidence coming from vaccine hopes. Pfizer-BioNTech's COVID vaccine candidate was deemed 90% effective. And CSL started producing 30 million University of Oxford AstraZeneca vaccines and provided both of these are deemed safe and effective the vaccines will be rolled out early to mid next year with the elderly and vulnerable to get priority. And the second kick for equities this week came from a trifecta of stronger than expected economic news. Consumer confidence rose to its highest level in seven years and business confidence recovered from COVID-19, jumping to a 17-month high. And building approvals rose over 15 So we saw sector rotations really pick up a notch this week with investors heavily increasing exposure to the hardest hit sectors like energy, airlines, engineering companies, banks, property as well. We saw French property giant Unibail Rodamco Westfield rise the most in the ASX 200 Monday to Thursday up 40% on investors rejecting a capital raising, which would have diluted its shares. Finance stocks also did well, including Virgin Money up about 35%, Credit Corp up 19%, both on hopes that a vaccine will encourage savings and borrowing rates. While oil companies also did well, including Oil Search, Beach Energy and Santos, guzzling up over 20% each on the oil price, lifting 12% with investors quite excited that a vaccine will increase global traffic and boost oil demand. Going the other way though, gold stocks, given the gold price fell 5% on investors selling down the safe haven commodity. As a result, this saw Remelia Resources, Northern Star and Saracen all lose about 15% each. So what about the global trends? Well, for the most part, these shifts have been occurring on a broad scale, with economic recovery sectors being snapped up the most. And this has been occurring for a couple of months. Just this month alone, investors have heavily increased their holdings in leisure and restaurant stocks, department stores, energy companies, banks and airlines, while also reducing at the same time time their exposure to bonds. So the question you may now be asking is how are managers setting up their portfolios for 2021 given what's occurring? Well, firstly, it's really important to remember long-term investing success relies on stock picking and also having a healthy balance of stocks across different asset classes. Now, the average growth portfolio has 70% in growth assets like equities or shares, and listed property and 30% in defensive or conservative assets like bonds and cash. Now, having a range of asset classes has historically decreased volatility, which means portfolio returns are smoothed out over time. So let's look at how some fund managers have set up portfolios and what changes that they've made over the past year. Well, from January to September, BetaShares growth portfolio, well, they reduced their growth assets from 75 to 64.9% and also increased their conservative defensive positions from 25 to 35 
0.1%. Now, beta shares dropped their international equities from 40 to 35.5%, while maintaining a preference for the UK stock market. Importantly, they reduced their Australian equity holdings from 31 0.5% to 25.7% and slightly increased property from 35 to 3.7%. While they reduced their Australian bonds from 20% to 15.6%, but increased international bonds from 2.5 to 7.5%. And they also did rise cash from 25 to 7%. Now, interestingly, over the year, they added gold to the portfolio, but as they headed into the December quarter, they removed that 5.2% gold position. All in all, this portfolio over the last six months generated a return of 9.1%. Now, let's compare that to Morningstar's growth portfolio. It generated a smaller 5.9% return over the same period. So why is that? Well, it's holding less exposure to growth assets and more exposure to cash because Morningstar believes more compelling investment opportunities will come. So what changes did they make over the year from Jan to September? Well, overall, Morningstar slightly increased their growth assets from 56 0.9% up to 60.1% while they reduced their defensive or conservative positions from 431 to 39.9%. Just a slight change there. They also slightly decreased international shares from 459 to 45.4 and increased their Aussie equities from 9.1 to 12.6%. They also rose their property and infrastructure positions from 1.9 to 2.1 and increased Aussie bonds from 11.6 to 13.1 and increased international bonds from 6.8 to 7.4%. As a result of all these changes, their cash dropped from 24.7% to 19.4%. Now, Morningstar says it's quite confident in Aussie equities and confident that equities will rise. But outside of Australia, they see the most upside in UK stocks, followed by Japanese shares. And lastly, what's also really interesting to note is the largest part of Morningstar's portfolio is allocated to Australasian shares, about 24% in fact, with the biggest exposure to energy stocks, 20.3%, followed by financial services, 16%, and 10% in industrials, including airlines, while Morningstar's smallest holding is in utilities, such as electricity providers. So that's it. That's how two professional investment managers are thinking when it comes to portfolio construction. And certainly something that you might like to think about when it comes to setting up your own portfolio. From all of us here at Bell Direct, have a happy and safe weekend. We'll see you next week.